We're your weather girls. And do we have some poorly written fiction for you. You better listen. Here's some stuff to look forward to this episode. That's what, that's what we in 2020 would call a hot take and a bad one. Beige shorts. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, my, no. Bad opener. And so much more. Stay tuned. Welcome to episode two of It's Probably Raining Men. Today we're talking about chapters four and five. Okay, cool. So, so where did we leave off last time? We left off, if we remember, our uh, heroes. Well, we met two groups of heroes. Uh, one was four girls and the other group was five guys. I remember the five guys are laying on top of each other in the forest, having just fallen from the sky. Um, they don't know what's happening. The readers don't know what's happening. No one really knows what's happening. But I don't think we knew what was happening. No idea what was happening. Um, and yeah, so other heroes are four girls. They had just finished watching some cheesy movie. There was a face in the sky. There were magical crepes. A lot happened. <laughs> so we pick up on Monday, June 26th at 7.01 a.m. Because God forbid we use round numbers even once. So we, yeah, so I had the feeling that the last few chapters were on Saturday. This happens to be on Monday. So I'm confused about what has happened in the, like, the two days between um, to these men, but fine. We're picking up on Monday with with the group of girls. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Jenna got up in the morning and stretched. She had had the strangest dream that her wish had come true and that a man had fallen from the sky. She shook her head, trying to get rid of a strange memory. What is she, an etch-a-sketch? <laughs> she went into the bathroom and splashed cold water in her face. It's Monday. Back to work, Jenna, she told herself. She stripped down and got into the shower. As if there was any other way to take a shower. I feel like we really needed to mention that part, that she was naked when she was in the shower. <laughs> Just in case you doubted. Just in case you doubted. She did not, in fact, wear clothes into the shower. <laughs> she turned the knob to hot and stood under the stream of water for what seemed like hours, trying to get rid of the uncomfortable pain in her back. It was probably from her rather old and cheap mattress. About 15 minutes later, she finished showering and went to find what to wear. After calling Jill and discussing what the other would wear, she decided on a pair of <laughs> she decided on a pair of jean capris, a baby pink Dolce & Gabbana t-shirt, a gift from Brooke. She went back to the bathroom, brushed her teeth with her favorite spearmint tasting toothpaste, and flossed thoroughly. <laughs> Just in case you doubted whether or not Jenna had good personal hygiene, she showers naked, she <laughs> flosses, it's all coming together. Also, I feel like I need a disclaimer here. Um, we wrote this. It was me. I was in grade, I pr probably like grade six, I think. Grade six, seven-ish. Mm. I remember that in French class, we had an assignment. We had to like pick one part of French culture, do like a project on it, and like present to the class. And I picked fashion. And that was the first time I was exposed to all these fashion designers, right? Like I'd never known of Versace or Louis Vuitton or anything like that, but like this project opened my eyes and I just became obsessed with these names. Like not even like the fashion themselves, I just love the names. So um, I like peppered these designer brands like all over the place. Like <laughs> if you ever see a designer name, it's my fault. It's and you. Also, I don't know what they look like. I don't, like, I don't know what a Dolce & Gabbana shirt looks like. I just, I just liked how like can see it now, right? At this point, like who knows what Dolce like what does it mean to look like a Dolce and Gabbana t shirt? We don't know. <laughs> but it's baby pink and it's designer. That's that's the key takeaway. He's wearing jean capris. If we forgot that we were in two thousand eleven. Jean <laughs> reminder. Capris. Where is the set? Manhattanish? New York. I'm pretty sure New it's Yorkish. New York. Yeah, I, that's where mm. all the cool twenty three year olds lived, I guess. And I like, <laughs> we really, um, 
we really have this juxtaposition between her back ache from her old cheap mattress and this Dolce & Gabbana t-shirt gifted by Brooke. <laughs> yep. It's literary. It made sense in our heads. I yeah. Guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so she's finished brushing her teeth and flossing. She mm-hmm. styled her medium length brown hair into a bun and put on her blue tinged contacts. <laughs> she has colored contact lenses. Okay. <laughs> it's, a okay. Bit of a, it's a bit of a weird detail, but fine. Weird. Oh my I, goodness. You do the next part. I don't want to read this. Oh, remember we were 12. We were 12. <laughs> Jenna had always worn glasses, but Jill convinced her that she would look sexier without them. <laughs> I want, I want to note that I want to note that we both wear glasses. So <laughs> we do both wear glasses. Um, yeah, I guess we're we're the Jettos, minus the Jean Capris. Oh God, <laughs> we, please. Uh, they finally compromised on contacts. Brackets. Jill had wanted her to get laser eye surgery. Okay, <laughs> okay. First of all, how is she gonna pay for laser eye surgery when this chick can't afford a mattress? Mm-hmm. She can barely afford a mattress. And, and mattress, like, mattresses last you, like, no. I mean, laser eye surgery also lasts you, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like a mattress is a more immediate need. Much more immediate. Yeah, I don't know. Jill has to get her priorities right. Um, I don't know what's up with her. And now we're back to uh, Jenna's morning routine. So she ran into the kitchen, popped bread into the toaster, and got the morning paper from the doorway. Jenna flipped through the pages because today she was rushing. (laughs) Okay. Usually, she would read the main page and anything else that interested her, which Jill, ever the opinionated one, thought was completely unladylike. She thought men were only supposed to read the paper. (laughs) What? (laughs) What kind of opinion? That's what what we in 2020 would call a hot take and a bad one. (laughs) This is... 2011, not 1811. <laughs> so, I think maybe I wrote this part. I can't say for sure. But I feel like I would also read the main page and anything else that interested her. However, does anyone read the paper, paper like, front to back? No, I don't know. Well, anyway, Jill has opinions. Jill has, Jill's a very pushy friend. She is. At least to Jenna. She's just unnecessarily mean. So she's flipped through this paper, and we continue. After a few bites of her breakfast, the not-so-elegant butter on toast, Jenna slipped on a pair of black Converse, grabbed her bag, and was out the door. Why are we so judgy about her breakfast, man? What? Let the girl eat her plain toast. (laughs) Her bland, tasteless toast. Let her live, gosh. Outside her apartment, she hopped into her dark blue Honda and drove off to the New York Times office on 628th Avenue in Midtown Manhattan. She has a car in Manhattan. She's a parking space in Manhattan. Clearly we were, we had no idea what was going on. Like just, we we didn't know how the world worked. No, our parents had cars. We assume that everybody has a car. That's the primary mode of transportation. Almost certainly she could have walked to work. Oh, easy. Or taken public transit. But this is unrealistic. <laughs> Plain old unrealistic. Oh, she pays for her car, for her car insurance. For her no wonder car she insurance. has no mattress. <laughs> no wonder. With the money that she saved, not having a car, she could probably also get laser eye surgery. Yeah. Please, Jenna, get your priority. Also, I like the weird specificity of 620 8th Avenue in Midtown Manhattan. We definitely looked that up, but didn't need to because if you say the New York Times office, the address doesn't matter. No one's going to fact check. Also, yeah, I don't know. Weird specificity. Anyway. Um, so usually she would go to the university, but now that school was out for the summer, she had an unpaid internship with the newspaper and did little jobs for them. This morning was seemingly normal until 11 o'clock. Oh, the next paragraph reads, Jenna Cartwright, please report to Mr. Knight's office. Jenna Cartwright, said a nasally voice over the PA system. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure I just got transported back to elementary school. (laughs) Yeah, um, 
again, just, just us not knowing how the world works. We just figured that office and like, you know, school. So we, all offices, all, all professional buildings have PA systems and the, and whoever's acting as the principal. <laughs> like pages people into the office. Yeah. I love it. Jenna had always been scared of being fired, but she didn't want to disappoint the editor-in-chief, so she rushed to his office as quickly as she could. Jenna? Mr. Knight said when she came in. Yes, sir, she replied. Good. First, I'd like to start off by saying how wonderful you've been these past few weeks, but, he began, oh no, here comes the dump, Jenna thought, but I think you can do more. I want to assign you an article about the G20 summit that is coming up. Wait, what is this exchange? So he doesn't know who she is because he's like, Jenna? And then she's like, yes, that's me. And then he somehow knows about the work that she's done over the past few weeks, which let me tell you, if you're starting an internship of some kind, the first few weeks contain zero work. (laughs) Zero work. It's absolutely just a shit show. You're not doing anything. You're not. No one knows what to do. Yeah, you're certainly not impressing anybody. Nobody who works there knows what to do with you. You're you're supposed to be doing some kind of training, and you know that goes about as well as you might expect from people who are also trying to do their own jobs. <laughs> um, but clearly, Jenna is a prodigy, a prodigy who is afraid of getting dumped by her boss. Jenna's got uh, issues. Jenna's got issues. This also kind of sounds like a beginning of a very bad porno to me. <laughs> oh, no. Have, um, do you think we had seen, or did it exist, Devil Wears Prado by this point? I don't know. I can't I remember when I first watched that. Me neither. But this almost sounds like that vibe. I'm, gonna, I'm looking up when it was made just to see if... 2006. Okay, so okay. definitely did this before. So we definitely plagiarized... We could have. Uh, Meryl- <laughs> yeah. So, so Jenna, I would like to assign you an article about the G20 summit that is coming up. I'm pretty sure I looked up like news articles and like the first thing that came up was like G20 summit happening soon or whatever. Um, and I was like, yeah, this seems like something reporters would report. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Jenna could write about this, whatever. Of course, not knowing what the G20 summit was. Why me? Jenna asked. Have you seen the other crap the other interns write? Um, your internship is also something I've been meaning to talk to you about, Mr. Knight replied. I think that we're cheating you for all the hard work you do. I want to hire you full time. What? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of, what kind of exchange? I wish. She's been here, what, like two, three weeks, maybe? Uh, now he's already shitting on these other poor interns that are probably just in the middle of getting trained. Don't Wait, I just, I just want to say also that, so she's been here a couple of weeks, but I think that's because, well, I don't know what we thought was the end of the university school year, or if we thought about that at all. <laughs> and also it might be different in New York. Maybe they end in May. If so, then we're right on track. If they end in April, uh, like we do here, then she's been working there for like a month almost two months. But nonetheless, how is she going to accept a full-time job as a student? I don't understand. Yep. Yep. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. None, none of this makes sense. None of this makes sense. He thinks they're cheating her because she's such a hard worker. Yeah. She wants to hire her full-time. Doing menial intern tasks. Yes. Like, oh, you're so great at getting coffee. Write this article for me. Also, come work for me. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> what kind of jump? Anyway. Anyway, Jenna begins to scream. She says, what? Screamed Jenna. Are you sure? Will I be paid? Of course. Really? You mean it? Positive, he replied. Your contract will be ready tomorrow at noon. I'll see you back then. Also, your article is due on the 19th. Is that enough time for you? Jenna calculated it in her head. That's five days. Perfect. Just enough time. Thank you, sir, she said and walked out the door, unable to disguise the slight bounce in her step. (laughs) Okay, I guess we were just, we were just children. We didn't really know how jobs worked. 
To be oh. fair, I still don't really know how jobs work, but it's not really You're like that. Great. That's how all my uh, job offers. Have yeah. <laughs> and then you have to try to disguise the slight spring in your, the slight bounce in your step. <laughs> As you do. As you do. So a classic three-star break comes up yeah. next. We're a big fan of those. Brooke woke up on the floor. She had fallen off the bed in the middle of the night. This is probably because we fell off the bed in the middle of the night as children. And we were like, this is also something adults do, right? I don't think I've fallen off the bed <laughs> in like a very long time. <laughs> I haven't even come close. <laughs> well, Brooke, she did. But yeah, sorry, Brooke. I'm sure, we, she has weird sleeping patterns, we don't know. Uh, so yeah, she had fallen off the bed in the middle of the night. That was probably why she had felt that awful falling sensation after falling asleep the night before. Uh, she propped herself on her elbows and rubbed her head. After a few minutes of just sitting there, feeling bad for herself, she finally got up and went to the bathroom. She got into the shower and leaned her head on the wall. She thought about the strange dream she had, about falling through the sky and landing in a forest. After the uncharacteristically short 15-minute shower, she wrapped her expensive Turkish towel around her wet body. Whoa. <laughs> Getting explicit again for no reason. No reason at all. Also, have you ever been the type of person to shower in the morning? Absolutely not. I have never no. done that. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why anybody's showering in the morning in this book. <laughs> I mean, no yeah. hate no hate to anybody who showers in the morning, but where did that come from? Why did we think that was like pinnacle peak <laughs> behavior? Adulthood, I think. Like you know you graduated from child to adult when you stop showering at night, go to bed dirty from <laughs> whatever you've been doing in the day, and then you shower in the morning, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> also, also, our timeline is completely wrong. So the whole thing, the whole wishing for raining then whatever happens Saturday night and now these girls are dreaming about Sunday night to Monday so do they just sleep through the whole day (laughs) why did we think that was you're right and and the guys the guys fell I think on Friday or like earlier in the day on Saturday remember it was like before they even had their wish yeah I I don't know I don't know. It's only like a few pages back, too. Like, it's not like, why don't we make the wedding on Sunday night? I'd like, why? There was no reason for this. <laughs> anyway, let's and- see if let's see if Jenna's article ever gets written in this book. <laughs> I suspect it will not be. I think we probably forget about it, but let's let's find out. Back to Brooklyn. She then brushed her teeth and put her long, blonde, perfectly highlighted hair in a high ponytail. Then, Brooke ran into her room and routinely called Jill. There's a lot of, like, running from her. Yeah. I, I don't run if I can help it. <laughs> Never. Absolutely. Especially not in my own home. From room to room, like a crazy person? Like, you live in, you live in New York. Your apartment's not that big. <laughs> you don't have to run. So, yeah, there's really no, there's no need. Oh, dear. Hey, Jill, it's me, Brooke. So, I'm wearing my yellow fashionista t-shirt and my black sequined mini skirt with my white flats. You? Oh. All right. I'll see you later. Bye. She slipped on the outfit that she had just described to her friend, sprayed some expensive flowery perfume on herself, and grabbed her Louis Vuitton handbag. See? Designer designer name that I just thought sounded cool. Uh, what's fashionista? Is that just something we made up, or does that exist? I don't know. I know maybe less about fashion than I did. <laughs> but the black sequin miniskirt, timeless. Wow. <laughs> That's the exact outfit I want to be wearing at 8 a.m. of the morning. Mm-hmm. I love it. So Brooke walked to the kitchen and grabbed a low-fat yogurt and a slice of toast. She sat down at her kitchen bar and scanned through the new Fashionista magazine that had just arrived in the mail. Every time she looked at a picture of one of the skinny models on the front cover, she wanted to barf. <laughs> Whoa! Media reaction. What? 
That's how I feel when I look at all those magazines. Disgust. <laughs> no, I don't think that's what she's feeling. Ooh, we've got some dark backstory here. In junior high, Jessica was the one that spread an awful rumor that the only reason Brooke looked so fabulous was that she was bulimic. No one knew why the rumor had started, but had joined in. Eighth grade was completely ruined because of that one comment. Okay, that actually sucks. That's kind of mean. That's really rude. rude. Also, grade eight's a really rough time anyway. Yeah, that's true. That's true. (sighs) I feel like everyone's too busy slinging around rumors and insults of their own to even notice. Mm. But pretty, pretty, pretty mean. Um, Soon after, so-called friends began drifting away, teachers giving worse and worse marks, and boys avoiding her altogether. This was where Brooke's best friends came in and saved the day. Jenna was the most supporting of the three, and they helped her get through the year. So, so we had a little backstory, but we're back to fashion. We're back to fashion. Um, Apparently, t-shirts were out, and one shoulder tops were in. We really dated ourselves there. We really dated ourselves. (laughs) She (laughs) I'm sorry, I have to. Brooke ran as fast as she could. It was a good thing she was wearing flats. Back to her room to change, as she did not like being out of style. So, so she's read this magazine, which, how did it get into her house if it's a very, very new edition? Whatever, if she's never looked at it before, fine. Realizes t-shirts are out, so she sprints back to her room to change. (laughs) She came out four minutes later with a black one-shouldered top with a white jean miniskirt. Wow, that is so 2011. She did not bother telling Jill, because according to their earlier conversation, Jill was wearing something completely different. Logical. Okay, okay. She rushed out of her condominium and hopped into her cherry red porch. (laughs) (laughs) That's just a recurring typo, isn't it? I love it. Amazing. Uh, She hopped in and turned on the radio. Her destination, Madison Avenue, downtown New York, semicolon. The Fashionista headquarters. Oh, so she works at Fashionista. She works at Fashionista, but she only finds out about the trends after she gets the magazine. She must be an intern. (laughs) She must be an intern. There we go. Oh, there There we we go. go. There we go. Brooke had gotten an internship for the summer, like Jenna, but she had gotten it with Fashionista magazine. She helped the photographers. She had traveled around the city and taken pictures of street fashions and different fashion shows. Okay. Sounds like a solid job. Every few months, the Fashionista Committee hosted a party to celebrate a new issue of the magazine. The editors did not usually invite the interns, but Brooke heard from Ashley, who heard from Susan, who heard from Paul, who heard from Steve, who heard from Carl. In brackets, all people who worked at Fashionista with her, as though that was not clear, fine, that the interns were going to be invited for the upcoming party. Okay, wait, so Fashionista hires only people with very boring names. Very generic. Ashley, Susan, Paul, Steve, Carl. (laughs) Uh, yeah. (laughs) Fine. You just have a boring name to work at Fashionista. Yeah. Clearly. On the way to work, she stopped at Starbucks to buy, B-Y, herself, low-fat mocha cappuccino. Today, she bought an extra one for the editor-in-chief to butter her up so the woman was sure to invite Brooke to the party. Why is she, what's she doing with this bribery? She already knows that she's going to get invited. (laughs) Why is she going to bribe her way in? Anyway. (laughs) Brooke, my dear, said Anna McKenzie, the editor of the magazine, as Brooke walked in with her coffee. Is that for me? Oh, thank you so much. Actually, you're just the person I wanted to see. She squealed. So she knows Brooke by name. Wait, actually, I'm just picturing, like, everybody in this office coming in with an extra coffee for Anna McKenzie. Like, Anna just has, like, 20 cups of coffee, just... Starbucks cups lining her desk. (sighs) Bribes from the intern. Uh, Brooke tried and failed to keep her excited look off her face, trying to keep her professional look plastered on. 
Anna sipped her coffee and looked through papers on her desk. Brooke could not help but notice that her nail polish was slightly chipped and just barely managed to keep herself from blurting the fact out to her boss. Whoa, judgy. It's like, if, if you have so little self-control that you're almost telling your boss who you're trying to butter up about her nail polish choices, like, I don't know. Hey, lady, your nails are ugly. <laughs> wow, that's not going to get you invited to this uh, exclusive party, Brooke. Uh, we're back to Anna McKenzie. So, Brooke, you know how there is a charity fashion show next Saturday? Brooke nodded. I want you to photograph it. You mean with Greg, the head photographer? No, just you. But I'm just an intern. (laughs) Not for long. I'm planning to keep you full time. Brooke gasped and nearly (gasps) fell down on her knees from the shock. (laughs) Me too, Brooke. I'm shocked too. Wow. Um... This is just a big day for all the girls. This is so- I'm so happy for them. <laughs> They're getting promoted left and right. <laughs> Back to Brooke. Are you sure? She whispered. Completely. I've been watching you for a while, and I would love to work with you full time. You're very fashion aware. I noticed you eyeing my nail polish not two minutes ago. What do you say? Yes! Brooke hoped that hadn't really come out as loudly as she had heard. What kind of a sentence? Okay. (laughs) Great. Your contract will be ready on Thursday. Thank you so much, Brooke said, and walked out the door. Huh? (laughs) What? She left? (laughs) Outside the door, Brooke met her friend Erica in her cubicle. Brooke told her what happened, and the two squealed in delight. (laughs) Oh, God. I would never hire an intern who just squeals. <laughs> There's a lot of squealing happening in this, in this a lot. passage. A little too, too much, I'd say. Oh my goodness. So now we have to wake up yet again with a girl. God. Next is Kieran. <clears throat> Kieran woke up extra early and rubbed her eyes. She yawned and dragged herself up. Kieran hobbled... <laughs> Brooke, Brooke runs, but Kieran hobbles. <laughs> Kieran, Kieran hobbled into the bathroom and got into the shower. She turned the water on and quickly showered in the barely warm water. She dried herself with a 50% recycled towel <laughs> and slipped her feet into her recycled fabric slippers. Kieran brushed her teeth with all natural toothpaste and turned the lights off when she was done. This was all second nature to her. She's the eco-friendly one. She's uh, picked up on. uh, (laughs) She, um, she walked into her room and put on a red 100% cotton tank top with a white short sleeved sweater over. Oh goodness. Oh. (laughs) She also put on a pair of beige shorts and white flats. Beige shorts. (laughs) No. I wonder, I wonder if either of us had an outfit like that and we were basing it off of it. I, I don't recall, but maybe. A white short sleeve sweater. Oh, God, I cannot. I cannot. I, oh, this was me. This was me. Listen to this. In the kitchen, Kieran fried herself two omega-3 eggs. Being vegetarian, she did not fry bacon, but fried red peppers with the eggs. I say that because I'm not vegetarian or anything, but I do love red peppers. <laughs> You're right. I am not a fan of them. So yeah, you definitely wrote this part. Yep. After a quick breakfast, Kieran grabbed her 100% organic. There are so many percent signs. So much math. (laughs) After a quick breakfast, Kieran grabbed her 100% organic bag and made sure to turn all the lights in the small apartment off before going out. I don't know why she has lights on. Isn't it the morning? It's literally the morning. Also, how many lights are there in this tiny little New York apartment? Like one, maybe? Maybe one bare light bulb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kieran did not own a car, but traveled around by bus, metro, or carpooled with her friends. The bus station nearest to her house was a good six blocks away. This provided Kieran with daily exercise, and she always felt like she was helping the environment. A good, satisfying feeling. Way to go, Kieran. Way to go. 
Way to pat yourself on the back. <laughs> we get it. You walk. <laughs> when she finally got to the bus stop, the bus had arrived and she hopped on. Oh, the bus was waiting for her. Of course. Idling. Feeling hey. environment. The ride lasted close to an hour. Where's she going? On the bus, she thought about her strange dream. She had dreamt that a special man was looking for her, but she wasn't there. He went back home and she missed her Romeo when he came for her. Lost in a train of thought, she almost missed her stop. She spent an hour thinking about some dude. Okay, Kieran. Okay. Just in time. She hopped off the bus and walked another three blocks to her workplace, the YMCA daycare. She worked there as a child care assistant. Kieran loved it because she got the opportunity to be around and play with the young children. Oh, that is a weirdly worded sentence and that <laughs> not fly in this decade. <laughs> when she finished university, Kieran wanted to become a third or fourth grade teacher. She planned, or at least hoped, that she would be a better teacher to these kids than Mrs. Lankin, her third grade teacher, was to her dot. Dot, dot. <laughs> Very ominous. All these um, random bits of dark backstory are like really something else. Oh yeah. Also, I know for a fact that we just never mentioned them again. Like they were just no. kind of to be dark and mysterious and then we just kind of forget about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure in the next page we're going to say that she wants to be a, you know, something else entirely. <laughs> Kieran. <laughs> favorite show was Super Nanny, and she always had a notebook handy when watching the show to write down tips on how to discipline children. Why did we write that? <laughs> um, for uh, those of y'all who don't know what Super Nanny was, I, I think I remember the concept. Basically, there was like this lady, she was British, and she would like go to people's houses where like the children were really bad, and then she would just teach the parents how to like deal with their bad children. <laughs> yeah, I just found that wildly entertaining. Like my mom and I would just watch that, like for no reason. I used to think I was a pretty good kid, and I was a, I was a great kid. So it gave me like a sense of superiority over these like demon children. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was always like, oh, I would never get super nannied. I'm the best kid. So yeah, I guess it does make sense that uh, Kieran enjoys this weird, obscure show. <laughs> Kira knew that all of her friends hoped to get promotions, but she did not wish anything for herself. She was happy with her position at the daycare and did not need anything more. <laughs> Wait, she wants to be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying about us forgetting on the next page? Literally, it's the same page. <laughs> <laughs> She was happy with her position at the daycare and did not need anything more. The little kids in her class made her laugh, smile, and lifted her mood, even though they could be hard to handle at times. They were cute, fun to hug, original, creative, and she loved each and every one of them with all her heart. Okay. <laughs> Weird, but okay. fine. Goes around hugging children. Okay. <laughs> what made her day was the next thing that happened. I feel like that sentence is phrased weirdly, but okay. Miss Carson? A shy little boy said to Kieran. The boy wasn't very tall. He was a child, okay, God. He was, he's a child. Way to get judgy, Kieran. Anyway, the boy, the child, wasn't very tall. His sandy brown hair, freckles, and was always the troublemaker. His name was Joshua, but his friends called him <laughs> Lil J, JJ, or just plain Josh. Weird. Kiki, she corrected him. Kieran wasn't very formal and hated when people addressed her with Miss. Kiki, today is my last day here and I brought cupcakes. Can I hand them out, please? He asked. Of course, Josh. I'll get everyone here, Kieran said. Everyone, today is Josh's last day and he brought cupcakes. She said this with a slightly raised voice, wondering if anyone had heard her. They were screaming and laughing loudly. However, all the kids seemed to have some sort of sixth cupcake slash sweet sense and came running within 10 seconds. 
First of all, I would like to say something, said the shy eight-year-old as everyone took a cupcake. I loved playing with you all here, especially my best friends, Katie and Nicholas. Then I would like to thank you, Kiki, for making my time at the YMCA the best ever. You are the best teacher ever, he said, and ran up to hug Kieran. What kind of eight-year-old child is making these kind of speeches? What? What? His mom, you know, <laughs> quizzed him on this before he came to daycare. He memorized this. There was a tear in Kieran's eye as the other seven and eight-year-olds came to hug her, too. They were lovely kids. I love you guys, and I'll miss you, Josh, when you leave, she said, battling tears. <laughs> um, there's one more thing I need to say, Josh began. At that moment, Josh's dad appeared at the door and waved him, signaling him to come over. Josh saw him and turned away. I love you, Mina, he said, and then sprinted to his father. <laughs> he handed out the final cupcakes and gave a little hug to Josh before he left. No one noticed, but Mina ran to Josh and gave him a kiss on the cheek. I'll miss you too, hot shot, she said quietly and walked back to Kieran and her friend. Ew! <laughs> we were like, we were like weirdly close to being eight-year-olds at that time, but clearly had no clue. <laughs> You're right, we were only a couple years away from being eight-year-olds and just thought this was normal, I guess. I don't know. Very don't distant. <laughs> Kieran saw their exchange and smiled to herself. She could only dream of love being as easy now as it was when she was young. Oh my god, she's 23. She's 23. Relax, bud. You're still young. Eight-year-olds. Oh god. Jill woke up 20 minutes late. Oh my god, we're waking up again. Okay. It's the last time, I think, or is it? We did Jenna, we did Brooke, we did Kieran. Oh my god. It's yeah, this is it. No, this, this is, it. is it. Yeah, four. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Jill woke up 20 minutes late. Oh, sh- she, she exclaimed as she literally jumped out of bed and ran into the bathroom. Not bothering to shower, being so late, she quickly brushed her teeth. She got calls from Jenna and Brooke, conveniently after she's woken up, what? Um, and picked her outfits accordingly. She pulled out a black one-shouldered top and a red jean miniskirt. On her feet, she wore a pair of white pumps. So these girls are all wearing white shoes. <laughs> Was that like a thing in 2011 or are we just... I don't know. Think of any other shoe colors. <laughs> she knew that these tops weren't in style yet, so she thought she could be a trendsetter. <laughs> Just so you know, today they've come in style. Today. Today, oh. Jill. <laughs> she ran into her kitchen, popped a toaster waffle into the toaster, and grabbed the newest edition of Fashionista from the hallway. Guess I won't be setting any trends today, she said, scanning the first few pages. I guess she also, yeah, subscribes to this magazine. This random weird fashion magazine that dictates... The trends day-to-day. Trends, yeah, the day-to-day trends. Exactly what you can and cannot wear every single day. But how is it already in her hallway? I'm confused. I don't know. Mail works in mysterious ways. Yeah, it, it appears. It just appears. It just appears, yes. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, she did not bother calling Brooke to tell her not to wear the same shirt as her, as she was already very late. Didn't she tell her already? They had their phone call before, and she told Brooke she was wearing something, and then Brooke was like, I can wear this one shoulder top. Very confusing. Anyway. Um, she ran out the door, forgetting her waffles in the toaster, which wasn't even plugged in. Jill's a mess. She hopped into her car, just as her cell phone began to ring. <clears throat> Cause I'm a rich girl. Na 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 na. Her iPhone blaring the hit Gwen Stefani song. She picked up the phone and put it on speaker. Hey, she said enthusiastically. Hey, baby, you, you're coming over tonight? Mark, on the other end, said. Ugh, I don't think I can make it. I have to get coffee with the girls, she replied, not as enthusiastically. 
Uh, okay, but today we were supposed to celebrate our nine-month anniversary. Ugh. Mark again. I miss Mark. Mark is a good guy. He's a little cringy. He's a little weird. He hits on Jill's friends, but he's a good guy. He I kind of their nine month anniversary. <laughs> he's a good guy. He's a good guy. I really can't, Pumpkin. Brooke is making us meet her friend Erica. She's leaving for Ukraine in a few days. July through gritted teeth. Tomorrow then? Maybe. Hey, I, I love, he started, but Jill hung up on him. Ooh, that's brutal. Ooh, that's horrible. So stupid, she thought. Ah! <laughs> wow, she's really not, she's very not nice. She wow. needs to break up with him. I feel bad for Mark. I'm on Mark's side. Team Mark. <laughs> Team Mark. We should get t-shirts. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Uh, then she called Brooke. Brooke, you wanna go out for coffee later? Bring your friend Erica, too. Yeah, I wanna meet her. Okay. Can you tell Jenna? I'll text Kieran. See you soon. Bye! She texted Kieran at a red light. Not, Not good. Loud. <laughs> hey, Kiki. Wanna go out for the digit? Coffee after work at, at sign, love cafe. T-T-Y-L. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the days when you would just compose texts like this. Wait, uh, Love Cafe is very, I know we didn't intend it this way, but that does not sound like a place you get to go, you go to get coffee. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> they're meeting up at the Love Cafe, you know? Bow chicka bow wow. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> She put her phone in her purse and drove the rest of the four blocks to the Museum of Natural History. So she lives like, what, max 10 blocks from the museum? Girl, you don't need a car. There, she worked as a tour guide for tourists and the occasional school group. Even though she came all dressed up, the assistant manager, Kevin Parkinson, made her change into the uniformly navy blue skirt suit and black heels. Every morning this happened and Roger always threatened to hire her but he never did. Who's Roger? Who's Roger? <laughs> We're talking about Kevin Parkinson. Also, wait, so she came in her own clothes <laughs> and then came to work and then conveniently like has these clothes that she like refuses to wear every single day, even though she knows that it is literally her job. <laughs> a uniform. To wear these clothes. Jill, he is such a mess. <laughs> Today, Jill was leading a group through the museum. Most of you may recognize this dinosaur from the movie Night at the Museum, where all the exhibits come to life. The movie was filmed on set here at the museum. If you take a look here, you can see an array of beautiful gemstones from the Hall of North American Mammals, she said and gestured to the exhibit. Take a look and ask me if you have any questions. She's literally the worst tour guide I've ever seen in my life. First of all, she's like, look at those stones in the Hall of African Mammals, Hall <laughs> of American Mammals, and then just like tells people, they're like, just like go explore. She doesn't tell them any fun facts. She doesn't, she doesn't say anything. She just, she just like go, be free, be free, wander the exhibits. Um, this is what it's like every day, a voice said. Jill turned to find the source of the voice. Hi, I'm Frederick Perry, and I'm a fashion designer at the New York School of Design. I cannot help but notice how wonderful you look in that hideous suit. No offense if you like it, though. <laughs> okay, throw in some shade here, Frederick Terry. <clears throat> no, don't worry. I'm Jill Henry, tour guide. And thank you. My beautiful figure is covered by this. Ah, oh, this ugh, she exclaimed. <laughs> yes, when randoms compliment me on my ugly suit, I'm like, I've got a great body. <laughs> I, know, I know. You're right, you're right. Thanks for noticing my body under this disgusting, hideous suit. <laughs> so, I was looking for someone to model a new design of mine at the upcoming charity fashion show runway. The one next week? 
the way you rock that ugly suit, he gestured to her outfit. I doubt I could find someone better. Are you interested in modeling there? Frederick asked. Yes, Jill squealed, almost unable to believe something like this was happening to her. Great. Here's my card. And can I have yours? You know, because it's a bit easier to contact someone when you know their phone number. <laughs> what? <laughs> I spat a little. That was the most useless sentence that has ever been uttered in the history of mankind. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, so yes, he says this uh, wonderful sentence and then hands Jill his card. Jill took it and giggled, even though his joke wasn't all that funny. Was he joking? I think he was genuinely... Yeah, I think he's that kind of guy. <laughs> he's that kind of guy. Just saying obvious things that are obvious. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she scribbled her number onto an old napkin she had in her pocket. Yeah, Disgusting. <laughs> It might not even be her napkin. This is like, this is like the museum uniform. <laughs> nice meeting you. I'll call you tomorrow and we can set up a fitting date over a cup of coffee. What do you think? Frederick asked. Perfect, Jill exclaimed as Frederick waved goodbye. Jill then whipped out her cell phone, which was the tick to her talk, the peanut to her butter. <laughs> <laughs> just wow just, just just wow and texted her best friends omg guess who i just met a fashion designer from the school of design he wants me to model for a fashion show dot 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 he also gave me his card and he was so cute i'll tell you more later ttyl <laughs> Uh, good old 2011. Tell me about this one, said a blue-haired old lady and pointed at an animal. Jill gathered a group and told them about interesting animals in the exhibit. After about half past 11, the tour was over and Jill brought the group back to the entrance of the museum. I hope you all had a lovely day, folks, and I hope you all enjoyed your tour of the Museum of Natural History. Please visit our gift shop for souvenirs and come back soon, said an enthusiastic Jill. Why shouldn't she be happy? Maybe she had just found her Romeo. Yeah. Ew! Is she one of those girls that just, like, meets a person one time and then immediately falls in love with them? I think, I think she must be. Ugh. That guy was so creepy. Uh, first he called her suit ugly. Um, then ogled her basically <laughs> insulted her suit again um graciously accepted her snotty used napkin proof he's a creep <laughs> if he already had a business card couldn't she write it like she could have written her number on another on another one of his cards like it doesn't have to be a dirty napkin <laughs> there were so many ways around this i don't know i don't know chapter five is short so i su suggest we keep reading Yes, I definitely do think I like I like getting a taste of what the boys are. Uh, boys but I want to know that this takes place Sunday, June twenty fifth at one a.m. So we've gone back like, like, a whole night, and almost the other next one. <laughs> but also, okay, so the I remember chapter two started at like eight something, right? That was uh -huh. or chapter three. That's when like the boys, everything happened. So. What were they doing between the hours of, say, like, 8.30 and 1 a.m.? Did they just, like, sleep one on top of each other? <laughs> I think they were just falling. They were passed out. They fell, like, for a prolonged period of time, like, falling in slow motion for, like, however many hours. Well, okay. that has to be the way they felt. Otherwise, they would have literally died. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. We discussed, like, the physics of, uh... No. Falling from the sky. But there's a man with a face in the sky. He's probably responsible somehow uh yes crepe man made a uh trampoline out of crepes that's what broke their fall Boom. i think that's happened <laughs> okay chapter five sunday june 25th 102 a.m what the hell 
Felipe yelled, rubbing his head. He looked around and took note of the four people lying on the floor around him. <laughs> they seemed vaguely familiar, like he had seen them before, but he could not place a name to their faces. He seemed to be the only one conscious, but from what he could remember, falling from the sky, it was a miracle that they weren't all dead. He could see their chests rising and falling slowly, and soon enough, they were all awake. Chris? <laughs> do it again, do it again. <laughs> Chris? Martin? Chris Martin's back! <laughs> I saw him, I saw him, I did! Chris Martin alert! <laughs> the two men seem to be the only ones who recognize each other. <clears throat> Felipe cleared his throat. Does anyone know where the hell we are? Everyone shook their heads. Great, absolutely great. Felipe started pacing. Who are you people anyway? I'm Chris. Justin. Martin. Jack. They introduced themselves and Felipe felt compelled to say his as well. I'm Felipe. I go to the Art Institute of New York City. So do I. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> All of them yelled. They looked at each other in confusion. Was it possible that they all went to the same school? Okay, cool. That's cool. It's also pitch black. I don't know. How, like, it's the middle of the night. <laughs> That's true. We definitely don't address that at all. <laughs> uh, they sat around on the grass for a while after that, telling each other more about themselves. <laughs> This man has like a panic section. He's like, who are you people? And they all say like their first names. He's like, that's cool. Okay, we should have like a kumbaya circle. Yes. Everybody, share one thing about yourself. Two truths and one lie. Let's go. <laughs> so I'm Chris Lone. I uh, like playing soccer and I'm not too bad at swimming. My favorite subject back in school was music. And I want to one day help to make music for big movies. Chris's eyes were a dark shade of green, and his long, dark hair fell into his eyes, covering them a bit. He was tall, though not as tall as Felipe, and he did not strike you as strong right off the bat. Okay, two things, two things, two things. First of all, hilarious that he says, my favorite subject back in school was music. <laughs> Again, that's just how 11-year-olds talk, right? You're never going to hear any university students say, oh, my favorite subject was etc. Anyway, second of all, this man has a Justin Bieber haircut. <laughs> That's what it is. He really has a Justin Bieber haircut, which was all the rage back in good old 2011. So um, if you're trying to decide what to imagine when you imagine Chris, don't think Chris Martin, think Justin Bieber, but with dark hair. Mm -hmm. And tall-ish. <laughs> but not as tall as Felipe. But not as tall as Felipe. <laughs> Wait, did we establish how tall Felipe is? Is he the one that was like six feet tall or something? Did we? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know. Also, they're sitting. How do they know how tall each of them are? Like, no, know. no. No, of course. They stand up when they're speaking. <laughs> <laughs> they each take turns standing up, presenting yes. to the circle. <laughs> of course. So he did not strike you as strong right off the bat. He did not have bulging muscles. Instead, had lean muscles. <laughs> One wouldn't think he was really smart at first glance, but everyone's... <laughs> One... Uh... One wouldn't think he was really smart at first glance, but everyone sitting in their little makeshift circle could see the intelligence in his eyes. <laughs> like his IQ like branded across his eyeballs, like... It's 1am! <laughs> one of him but clearly this man has his IQ in his oh, eyes. Oh yes. <laughs> I'm Justin Losa. I love to read and usually quiet so uh yeah. <laughs> yep. This guy sure did look quiet and weak. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that we're establishing first the relative heights Second of all, their relative uh, strength. <laughs> yes. 
Because men, I guess. <laughs> That's what they did. I don't know. Oh, and we get his height, too. <laughs> Full head and a half. The half is important. Shorter than Felipe, and he had a strange fascination with the ground, refusing to look up at the others in the group. He held a book in his hand, so it wasn't hard to believe that, yes, this man was a bookworm. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> wow. I'm Martin Brown. I love little kids. <laughs> No, my, no, bad opener. No. <laughs> I love little kids and I love to write like short stories. I want to be a screenwriter when I'm older. Maybe you and I will work together, eh, Chris? Martin. <laughs> we did that on purpose. We had to do that on purpose. A dynamic duo, Chris Martin. <laughs> Martin seemed like a very social person, excited to speak. He would make a great public speaker one day, or maybe, like he said, he would end up writing scripts for movies. He seemed full of ideas and was very enthusiastic. Full of ideas from his, <laughs> from the fact that he says, I love little kids. They're like, yeah, this guy's an idea, man. <laughs> He's got great ideas. <laughs> the next part is the best. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? <laughs> I'm, I'm Jack. Beanly. <laughs> ha ha. Yes. Ironic, right? I'm really good with people. Yikes. And love to draw portraits. It's my hobby, you know? <laughs> he seemed sarcastic, but he did have a way of speaking that captured the audience, no matter how small. I like that our narrator voice of sorts is giving us, like, way more than we are showing. Like... <laughs> Like, you know, you know when people are like, oh, show, don't tell in your writing? Like, don't say, like, oh, my character is really smart. You have to, like, have them sort of do something that, like, gives you that impression. No, no, we're, like, hard tellers. <laughs> we did not get that memo. Um, yeah, we're very much tellers, not showers. <laughs> also, these last names. Um, fine. One. I'm Felipe Desleth. <laughs> That sounds like a keyboard mash. Like you just smack the keyboard and you get a last name. Yeah, that's Felipe. Felipe Deslip. I love sports like any sport you could name. I've played it. I love playing sports and I want to be an actor or director someday because people have always said that I'm a good leader and a born performer. I love standing in front of the audience like on a movie screen or on a baseball field. It's awesome. Oh, yeah, I'm awesome, he thought. <laughs> Felipe Deslop. Uh, he likes sports. Did you catch that? No. What? He likes what? He's, he plays sports? Yeah, all of them. Every single hey. one of them. He's played. How do you know that? sport. I don't know. He just seems like the type, you know? <laughs> He's like a born sportser. Yep. Just wait till the next line, though, huh? <laughs> so, asked Justin, what now? He looked scared. I don't want to be in here when night falls. It's 1 a.m. <laughs> also, in where? You're outside. <laughs> I don't want to be in the outdoors. Can I please just be uh, in my, on my bench reading my book again, please? <laughs> yeah, this gives me the feeling that we're in some kind of fantasy story where there's like like they're in the Hunger Games or like they're in you know whatever the Maze Runner was set in like in that the like dome that everyone lived in because it's like yeah we as readers know it's 1am but they seem to think it's not 1am <laughs> the simulation yeah uh, this is yeah. hinting at something big uh, we don't know where we are we need to find our way out of here to some sort of civilization and then find a bus or something to take us home answered Chris all right, let's go, announced Felipe, getting up. Which way, asked Jack, logically. Logically, he's the smart one. Wait, no, he's not the smart one. Who's the smart one? <laughs> Chris, right? Mark, no. None of them are the smart one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, the logical conclusion here. Well, I last remember it was late afternoon, which means the sun is setting to the west. 
asked Felipe, not quite sure. Yep, the sun sets to the west, confirmed Martin. Uh, yes, the sun sets in the west. Martin, Martin is very smart. We know Martin's smart. Let's go west then, said Felipe. Everyone nodded, there being no other option, and followed Felipe into the quickly growing shadows of the forest. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Wait, I don't, I just really, like, don't, I don't get it. Did, like, one of us put the timestamps in without reading the chapter, or? I don't know. I, yeah, you're right. That, that could be an explanation for it, but I don't know why we would have done that. Like, I see 5.07 a.m. on this next chapter, spoiler alert, and then he, somebody says, it's getting dark. <laughs> it's 5 a.m. If anything, it's getting lighter. Like, um, very, very confusing. Yeah, I don't really have an explanation for this. I really, I don't know. I don't know what's up unless they're living in some sort of simulation where time's backwards. Mm. I don't know. Even that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> that was a very anticlimactic end to the chapter. Why do we do uh, those three little stars, like we, like a little chapter break? like we had in chapter four. I don't know. This was the shortest chapter yet, I think. Yeah, probably. Probably right. All they did was say their names and tell us who they were as people. Ugh. They didn't tell us. We told. We told. You're right. <sighs> Is that where we want to leave it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. A cliffhanger that's not really a cliffhanger. I feel like that's a good place to leave uh. it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um... Do we have any, uh, do we have any comments in these last couple chapters? Oh, let me find us. On fictionpress.com. So, chapter four, that's where we started today. On Fiction Press, it's called All I Ever Wanted. <laughs> um, so let's see if we have any comments here. I want to know if Vampire Sarah kept up. <laughs> Our, uh... So I think, okay, we have chapter four. Somebody said, love this chapter. Josh is so cute. <laughs> oh, Josh was the child. Yes. Yes, I remember Josh. And somebody else said, wait, when do they meet the guys? Please update soon. That was Tessa Ann. Then someone called Over the Weather, which is a cute, cute play on Under the Weather. Um, they said, the characters are really starting to take off. Good job. Ooh. <laughs> Ugh, July 16th, 2011. Great. Thank you. <laughs> what a Oh my god. I wonder if those people have read any more uh, badly written fiction since. Since, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. We have like a little author about the author blurb <laughs> on NaNoWriMo. I guess for those, of the, for those who don't know. There's this thing called NaNoWriMo, which stands for National Novel Writing Month. Uh, happens every year in November, where basically you write a book in the month of November. Um, you have to write 50,000 words over 30 days, um, which means that you have to write about, I think, like, 1,667 words uh, every day. That's right. Um, so we participated in this back in good old 2011, and we definitely cheated a lot. <laughs> We so actually we have, we actually have a email thread where we say, oh yeah, we're going to be cheating, but we should do this. <laughs> there we go. Proof of our delinquency. Um, but yeah, so we started writing this in the summer of uh, 2011, worked on it like a little bit through the next couple months and then come November, just finished writing it. So I think we hit, I think if I remember correctly, we hit about 25,000 like before November and then did that other like half of the book um, during November, which means that the last half of the book is even worse than what it is now, I think. I'm kind of nervous. Yeah, because we were just kind of like spouting ideas, just writing whatever came to mind. Um, so there's that to look forward to. I feel like we didn't even have like meetings or anything. We just would be like, hey, here's what I wrote. Go on. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had we absolutely had no like plot planning. We didn't plan out the characters or the story or literally anything at all. We just like wrote it. We just wrote it. <laughs> yeah, it's so worse from here. 
So on NaNoWriMo, the website, where you sign up and sort of like pledge to write these 50,000 words, you have a little spot to write your author bio, a little description of your novel, or whatever you might be interested in putting. So I want to know what we what we had on our account. Well, our account, the username is uh, Words Are Magic. Um, and about Words Are Magic, it says, Hey, we're two BFFs who love writing together. This is out. First year at NaNo, and we hope to achieve our goal! Two exclamation marks. XD. Holy Rush and Alexa Love. <laughs> gotta yeah. keep those pseudonyms sprinkled in there. Gotta. We gotta protect our identities, get ready for a big break. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's that for episode two of, uh, it's probably Raining Men? <laughs> um... It was a wild ride, I think. <laughs> we left on a cliffhanger that's not a cliffhanger, but I guess we'll find out more uh, next time. Mm-hmm. We'll be back with a couple more chapters.